And this week's in my mug, we're off to Brazil, but we're also again going to go back in time for Brazil, Carmo, Bourbon, Pulp Natural. So as I said this week, we're going to go to Brazil, and I know that we've had a lot of Brazils recently. Trust me, we've got a lot of new, different, exciting coffees coming up in the near future. But I didn't want to miss this one out, as it's a relationship we've had now for probably seven, eight years, and we haven't covered it yet for this season on In My Mug, so I felt it was really important um, to do so. The other thing is, you guys love Brazils. So whenever we send the Brazil, it's the one that we get the most positive comments about. Um, so that's another reason that we've uh, we've also chosen to do it. Um, we are going to go to Virtual Steve in just a second. Um, but then after that, we're going to go and do a little bit of a... Oh, episode 240 something where we had Tulio from the farm at Has Been and he was in the old Has Been studio and we did a very short interview and then we're going to be tasting the coffee so be back with you in just a moment So this week's coffee comes from Brazil and comes from Carmo Estate which is uh, based in the Minas Gerais area of Brazil it's a pulped natural, which means the cherry is removed from the seed, uh, but the mucilage is left on the seed and left to dry. Very, very common to find this type of processing in Brazil. Um, and also very common to find in Brazil is the varietal Bourbon, which this one is. Um, the Junquera family started growing coffee in the highlands of uh, southern Minas Gerais around about 150 years ago. The current custodian is Tulio. Um, and Tulio is a fifth generation um, producer um, who combines all of that tradition with innovation that makes Carmo one of the most interesting farms that we buy from. Um, Tulio is also a former president of the Brazil Specialty Coffee Association and an incredibly important uh, man in pushing forward specialty coffee um, in Brazil. Carmo's mission is to produce exceptional coffee while making sure that the employees have a good quality of life and the environment is respected. I think all things that we can really buy into. Um, the farm's located near to Herdola, which is in the southern state of Minas Gerais, a stunning region with huge mountains, natural water springs and the perfect conditions for growing uh, really good specialty coffee. Uh, Carmo's around about 220 hectares, which is about 545 acres, um, which is dedicated to coffee, which has varietals like Mundanovu, Katayi, uh, Katasai, and Bourbon, uh, Akaya, and Ikatu. Uh, and Tulio's attention to the detail of the agronomy of the area mean that they produce around about 40 bags um, per uh, hectare which is twice the normal average. And this is just by making sure that the soil is looked after and following really good agronomic, um, agronomic uh, practices. Um, the altitude of the farm is around about 950 to 1200 metres above sea level. Um, Carmo is, the unique part of Carmo is that um, they are committed to the well-being of people who live on the farm. Um, they have schools for the children. They have programs encourages workers to build their own houses on the land. They have adult education products. Um, they have uh, projects to uh, preserve the environment. Um, but one of the things that impresses me the most about them is that they run 
um, a profit sharing program in which employees are invited to become partners in Carmo. Um, and this entitles them to have a share of the profits earned from the coffee every year. Um, they don't have to. They can just be paid normally. But actually, if they want to become part of the success, they can become part of this profit sharing scheme, which I think is pretty amazing. So enough talk from me. Why don't we now go to Steve in the olden days where he had Tulio at the roastery and he was talking about um, the coffee and uh, the farm. Um, the most shocking part from this interview, 70,000 bags from one farm. To put that in context, Bolivia produces around about 22,000 bags in total. So one farm producing so much coffee and by nowhere near the largest farm in Brazil. So let's go and hear from Stephen Tulio, and then we'll go taste the coffee after that. So we are back and we've got another special guest. How amazing is this? We've had these special guests coming on recently. Um, Tell us who you are and a little bit about the farm. So, I am Tulio from Carmo State Farm in south of Minas, Minas Gerais in Brazil. Uh, the region is the Mantiqueira region and uh, the region is very high quality coffee yeah. with some cup of excellence and some early contest. And the farm is a family farm and we, I'm running it from 76 until now. Okay. And uh, that's it. And, and how much coffee are you growing on the farm? Around 200 hectares in yeah. coffee. And how many bags would that be around about? Around 70,000 bags. So 70,000 bags again, another huge farm. And this is a thing in Brazil that the farms are often very big, aren't they? They're... In south of Minas, this kind of farm is considered big. Yes. In other regions, not so big. It's, it's crazy. I think it's 70,000 bags and I just go, that's so much coffee. Um, what varietals do you have on the farm? Because I know that... We have the yellow bourbon, yellow catuai, yellow catucai, some um, cat, uh, ikatu and mundo novo. Okay, so yellow bourbon and minas for me are two things that go very well together. Yes. The yellow bourbon is... Um, well, actually, I'm not going to say. What do you think the difference is between the yellow bourbon and the red bourbons when you come to cup them and taste them? They say that uh, yellow bourbon tastes a little bit better. It's a little bit sweeter. Yes. I think it's a little bit more defined and it's a little bit cleaner. Um, and I, and particularly in Minas Gerais and particularly in um, uh, Pulp Natural, I find that yellow bourbon and Pulp Natural for me are that marriage that. It's just two perfect things coming together for them. Exactly. Um, so on the farm, do you sell all of your coffee as specialty or do you have some that is specialty and some that you sell? No, about uh, half percent of the, the coffee that we produce is on the specialty. The other 50% because we have the small beans, we have the beans from the ground, we have some green beans. So 
This is really important, guys. Like this is this is where a good difference between a good producer and a, and a producer that just wants to make money. Some people try and say everything specialty, no. and no farm can produce a hundred percent specialty. Exactly. Um, it, there is always going to be some coffee that isn't as amazing as the other coffees because of the terrain, because of the varietal, because of something that happened on the farm that year. You know. Um, and this is something that's kind of like, go, okay, I'm going to sort this out as something that's going to be for that market, and this is going to be for another market, and, and it's really interesting. And on these big farms in Brazil, I think it's even more important that you know uh, your farm brand name doesn't get associated with that coffee that isn't so good. You know, you, yes, the yeah. associated the name of a farm, specific farm, farm state. Yes, exactly. So, uh, tell you you mentioned earlier about Cup of Excellence and, and, and the Illy competitions. When 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 did you get the Cup of Excellence award? In what year was that? Uh, in this region, Mantiqueira region, yeah. is now it's beginning a controlé region. Yeah. Um, like the wines yes. regions. So, like the Appalachians that you see in wines, you see exactly. you see start to happen in Brazil, um, and and. Like, do you know what? Like we deal with lots of coffee producers. Brazil is always the most professional. Like you guys know how to market coffee. You know how to find the good coffees. And also, I think a lot of that comes from you were the first country to have cup of excellence as well, weren't you? So to yes. find that quality back in '99. '99, the first one, cup of excellence happened in Brazil. And everybody said in '99, it's crazy. Like, uh, wh why are you going to pay $1.20 for coffees in Cup of Excellence yeah. when you can go and buy them for, like, at the time the market was rock bottom, wasn't it? And, yeah, so, you know, they're like, Brazil has always had this professional approach to finding amazing coffee and, and building relationships. Uh, and it's great that you and Aldolfo have come across and spent some time with us today and, and kind of come to see our roastery. I, I've been like a kid in a sweet shop. It's been great looking after these guys. So, uh, listen, thank you very much for joining us on camera. Thank you. And uh, what I'm going to do now is whack you guys on pause and I'm going to go and taste the coffee and then we're going to see what we think of it. That was good going back in the past, kind of uh, seeing when Tulio was at the roastery. Brings back fantastic memories. Uh, really enjoyed that time. Um, hope you enjoyed the little trip back in time. So uh, welcome to Steve Layton Drinks Coffee in different parts of Stockholm, part number five, I think. Um, I'm here at the Royal Palace. Um, I don't think this one is the Royal Palace. I think that one there is the Royal Palace. And then just behind me, in the distance there, you can see the Grand Hotel, which I'm reliably informed is where President Obama stopped when he came here for his um, Nobel Peace Prize. So. There we go, a little bit of uh, cultural information for you there. It's, it's a beautiful part of Stockholm around here. Um, it's very near to the park where I've, I've done one of these before as well. And um, yeah, I love hanging around here, it's really nice. Um, so into the coffee. Now, you will see a little bit of a pattern form with Brazil coffees. They tend to be sweet with some nut, but the sweetness is always a little bit different and the nuttiness is always a little bit different. So with the Carmo, I think it's much less chocolate driven and it's much more caramel driven. So think, you know, like kind of, um, you know, caramel in a Snickers or something like that. Um, you know, that kind of real sweet stickiness to it. Um, but also a little bit of like, I'm going to double check before I say it so I don't look crazy, but a little bit like a digestive biscuit. So that kind of like 
sweet, crumbly, uh, digestive biscuit. And then on the finish, the nut, it's very, very distinct. It's pecan. It's got a real pecan hit to it. Um, today, I've brewed in the Chemex. I used uh, 32 grams to 500 mils of water. Slightly coarser grind than I might go for normally because I kind of upped the dose a little bit. And it felt really comfortable, a really good way, um, a really good way to brew it. So now it's kind of early evening here so I'm going to uh, go and have a beer at Omnipolo which is probably my favourite uh, brewery in, in, in Stockholm. Actually it's really tight between them and Stockholm Brewing Company but Omnipolo have a bar that's in the city centre um, and kind of really been enjoying some of the, um, the craft beer stuff recently so that's what I'm off to do. I hope you're having a good time there too and things aren't too crazy in lockdown and uh, thank you for joining. And as always, do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. And as promised, I told you I'd be in the pub later, just to make you all jealous back in England. The pubs are still open here with lots of space around you. Um, but yeah, life is too short for bad coffee.